Welcome to the Word of Christ, sermons from Pastor Sean Denzer, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend, North Dakota, and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney, North Dakota. The Old Testament reading from Misericordias Domini, the, third, the second Sunday after Easter, is from Ezekiel, the 34th chapter. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. And I will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture. And on the mountain heights of Israel shall their grazing land be. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in righteousness. This is the word of the Lord. Alleluia! Christ is risen. If you want something done, do it yourself. If you want something done right, do it yourself. And that's what the Lord has always said. That's what He says today. He says it in both the Old Testament and in John. Now, we are so familiar with the Good Shepherd and everything that Jesus says that we probably have missed that this is a fulfillment of the Old Testament. We hear from Ezekiel how the Lord, fed up with the poor shepherding of His flock Israel, fed up with the lying prophets who told lies in His name, fed up with the rulers of uh, rich and fat Israel who promoted all sorts of wealth and prosperity and yet had no concern for God at all. How after the destruction of Israel, after their deportation into other places, after their captivity in Babylon, that the Lord would finally do something about it. He wanted His people shepherded properly cared for, nourished, protected. And he said he was going to have to do that himself. So when Jesus comes and says, I am the good shepherd, he is the one who lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is saying, I am the Lord who spoke by the prophet Ezekiel, the one who said he would come and bind up his own people and take care of them himself. That phrase, I am, is no small matter, no mere boast. This is the name of God that He gave to Moses. Tell them that I am who I am. So when Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd, 
he is saying he is the Lord come to be a shepherd, to care for his people, to fulfill this prophecy. But of course, this was God's intention from the beginning. God is always the one who is doing the work. He is always the subject of the sentences. That's why His name, I Am, makes all the sense in the universe. It's only that we tend to get confused about that. We are the ones who like to put ourselves as the doers, as the subject of the sentences, often even when it has to do with God. But, like sheep, that leads us to wander, to go astray. And the Lord remains our Good Shepherd, putting Himself as the subject again, knowing that if He wants something done right, He must do it Himself. So thanks be to God, our Lord is the Good Shepherd and He alone is the Good Shepherd. Now, we have to remember this especially when it comes to those people that we have given the title of shepherd to in this world. Pastors. The word pastor simply means shepherd in every language except for English. And that's why we call them this, because of this text, because the Lord wants His people shepherded. And yet, just because He sends pastors does not mean that He has forgotten His promise through the prophet Ezekiel. It doesn't mean that the Lord, after all, has decided that maybe our congregation isn't that important, so He doesn't need to shepherd it Himself. He can just send some hireling for a while uh, to come and do the job for Him. Far from it. And in order that we confess this rightly and believe this rightly, dear Christians, we have to look at our pastors not as people that we give our attention because they are so wonderful, or even because we've come to like them so much, or because we're convinced that if our church doesn't have that person, then we would not be able to survive. That tends to be the way most calling congregations act. They uh, won't be here much longer unless you come. And it's got to be you, Pastor. The truth is it doesn't. Because the Lord Himself wants to be the shepherd of His sheep. Everything that we do to mark our pastors as looking different is not to draw attention to them, but just the opposite. It's to put them in a uniform in the same way that you've seen police officers or firemen. Uh, they wear uniforms to show who they are and what they're there for. If I go to the St. Francis uh, Hospital, the lady at the front desk never lets me go until I get my little name badge. And I do think it's a little silly because I come kind of with my own name badge. I've got a cross around my neck. I've got a collar covering my vocal cords. It's pretty obvious who I am and what I'm there to do. Uh, but she likes to follow the rules, and I guess that's right. Uh, and of course, we know there are plenty of other groups and churches that don't have that advantage. When their pastor comes in jeans and a t-shirt or in uh, cargo shorts, you don't really know what that person is there to do compared to anything else. In the same way, when we wear, make pastors wear vestments, when we decorate the church in the same color that the pastor wears, 
These things are not to say, well, that must be the most important person since he's up front and he's got clothes that are different than mine. It's actually the opposite. It's to say, that person is in uniform. That person doesn't matter who that person is. It doesn't even matter if I know his name or not. What matters is what he's there to do. Just like when you see a police officer, it might be your good friend. But if it's not, you know that they bear the gun for a reason, to protect us, to try and help us, to solve problems. And so you can run to them with that kind of confidence. In truth, in a sense, if a pastor dies in office, the next one comes up and picks up the vestments and puts them on, kind of like the flag bearer in an army, and we keep on going. And the particular thing that pastors wear, even when they're out on the street, covers a particular part of their body for a reason. Or at least this is what it's come to be understood as, and I think it's quite a good understanding, that it covers up their vocal cords. It covers up the throat. It covers up the place from which they do most of their work, talking. And that's the point. The things that they say is what matters, and it's not because they have good opinions about politics or about how we should plant our crops or anything else. But what matters is when they speak God's Word, that's worth listening to. All of it is to drive home the point that the pastor as a man is not what matters. It's Jesus Christ who is the true shepherd of His church. He is the one who cares for His sheep. And in fact, it's not even the pastor in his office itself that is the means of God's gracious care. Rather, he is only, as we use in other cases, a minister, one who administers what his chief shepherd has told him to do. That's why the real means of grace that we love as Christians isn't pastors, but it is the Word of God. It is the preaching of that Word. It is the gift of holy baptism by which we are brought into God's kingdom and sanctified, having our sins washed away. And it is the Holy Supper by which Christ Himself nourishes us for eternal life. Now, just as these clothing and outward ways try to drive home the point that this man only serves in an office and that Christ Himself is the one to whom we are to give our attention as the true shepherd, so we have to be somewhat careful that we don't consider the person and their gifts as the most important thing. It's easy to become good friends with pastors, and it's fine to be friends with your pastor, but it's important to know that his task is what ultimately matters. When we look for a new pastor, as the congregations who've called me are doing, they have all sorts of things that they want to know. Are you charismatic? What kind of sermons do you give? How do you visit? Uh, all sorts of things that change depending on who the pastor happens to be. But in fact, we've done ourselves a good service by trying as best as possible to make them look the same, uniform. No one can ever erase all of the differences between the many pastors we've had at our church, the many pastors that may come in the future. But we do best when we remember the words of today's text and take them to heart as we consider our pastors. 
We know that the Lord Himself is the one who's going to shepherd us. He is our true pastor. And whatever our particular pastor is doing, if he's doing his job right, he is merely administering what the Lord Himself has to give. And that whether we like His appearance or His voice or His style, what matters most is that His words are the true words of the Scriptures. And we can stomach whatever happens to please us or displease us about how He looks and how He sounds. Now, there's something in the Catechism that we all have learned and we all believe. But I do want to take a little quibble with Luther today. He says about the office of the ministry and asks this question, what what do you believe according to the words of John 20? That ones we heard last week, in fact, that uh, if he forgives the sins of any, they are forgiven, and if he withholds forgiveness, they are withheld. And Luther says that we are supposed to hear the pastor speaking and receive his ministry just as valid and certain on earth as if Christ our Lord was dealing with us Himself. I want to quibble with those two words, as if. Because Luther kind of sounds, at least in our English translation, as if he's saying the Lord really is not dealing with us. That Jesus, in fact, is not being our shepherd. He's not caring for His flock. He's not feeding us or gathering us or protecting us or killing off the wolves that are attacking us, but He's maybe sent somebody in to fill in for Him. And that's not really what Luther means at all. In fact, we should understand this word as if to mean that He is that the way in which the Lord shepherds His people is through that voice. Another passage of the Scripture captures this very well, and it's one that Luther himself loved to quote elsewhere. And that's Luke chapter 10, verse 16, where Jesus says to the 72 that He sends out to preach, He says, He who hears you, hears Me. And in fact, he who hears Me, hears the one who sent Me. That is the Father. That's what Luther means when he says to hear the pastor speaking, to hear him say your sins are forgiven as you've heard today, to hear him say this is the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Be at peace. We are to hear this just as if we were like John the Baptist standing there at Jesus' baptism hearing the voice out of heaven saying this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Again, not because we like His face or the tone of His voice or even that we're just good friends with Him or even that we trust Him, as strange as that may sound. The point is, in fact, that we trust God far more than whoever this man may be. And that's why we hear the words that He says not as His own because they're not His. They are the words of our dear Lord Jesus. That's why we gather to hear every week, not the great ideas of the pastor, but the great saving words of Jesus Himself. We come each and every week, we approach our pastor even, so that we can hear the voice of our Good Shepherd. And we are to be, as Jesus said, sheep 
that are listening for the voice of our Good Shepherd. Sheep, in fact, who recognize a hireling and a fake faker uh, whenever we hear them. They will listen to my voice, Jesus says. And you hear the voice in the ministry, at work in the preaching, at work in the sacraments. And it's all for the sake that we recognize that Jesus Himself is our shepherd. We recognize it not by the charisma or the niceness of our pastor, but we recognize it by the truth of the words. The words and the teaching that matches the comforting blessings of our Lord as He speaks about in today's text. And that reality, that ministerial reality, this comes only to, or this is known by the greatest thing that Jesus says in today's gospel, which is that he lays down his life for his sheep. Now, there is something that a pastor might aspire to. From time to time, he might even have to be killed or suffer a martyrdom for the sake of his congregation. Lord knows many of the prophets died at the hands of their congregations who refused to hear their word, and they bore that punishment and attack willingly. But no pastor, no pastor lays down his life for the sheep as Jesus had. No one suffers as an atoning sacrifice to redeem us from our sins, to pay the price, to reconcile us to God, to be the true mediator between God and men. That is Jesus Christ, our true Good Shepherd alone. He has shed His blood. He has laid down His life. And yes, He has taken it up again to restore us to Himself. So it is, as Jesus has said, and in fact as He has said many years before, that He Himself will be our shepherd. That if we want something done right, we do not do it ourselves. But Jesus, our Savior, has come to do it Himself for us. Thanks be to God that we know our true shepherd. May we always listen for His voice. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Thank you for listening to The Word of Christ. You can find more sermons at verbachristi.blogspot.com and if you have need to contact Pastor Denzer, you can email him at pastor at denzer.org. That's P-A-S-T-O-R at D-A-E-N-Z-E-R dot O-R-G. But the Word of Christ dwell richly in you. Amen.